Hello and welcome to the St Helena Humanities podcast. Today we are joined by Miss Annandale. Hello. Miss Smith. Hi. And Emma, who is who has spoken to Miss Smith's Year 7 class about farming. Hello. Hello. So, what can you tell us about your farm? Well, we're based down in Kent, um, which oh. is the Garden of England. Um, <laughs> and we have got um, about 3,000 acres that we farm for um, mainly for other people. We are predominantly arable, but we've got a bit of grass and woods. And also we've got um, a lot of environmental stewardship. Um, schemes in place so that's measures to um, protect the environment Um, so yeah that's that's the kind of farm that we are what does arable mean because I I've got no idea about farming so what can you tell me what arable actually means like what does that entail yeah arable um, is um, what's called combinable crops so these are crops that are grown um, and the only way to to harvest them unlike with something like top fruit which would be apples and pears which you obviously pick by hand combinable crops so arable crops um you you have to pick them if you like by putting oh. a combine through them so that's why they are combinable um so we have a combine harvester which is the most important piece of machinery and so those are the crops that we grow so we grow for example wheat which obviously goes into bread um, among other things uh, barley which goes into beer very important um, and uh, we have beans, oats, which goes into porridge, um, and oilseed rape, which goes into vegetable oil. Well, okay, so it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff going on there. Is that the only kind of farming you do? Because I hear that it's lambing season. Before we have um, uh, some grass, and mm-hmm. having every year, what we've made the decision to keep. Um, because we sort of um, educational stuff funnily enough people don't just like looking at sheep they really like looking at lambs and so Mm. every year we do lambing as well so at the moment um, we are doing exactly that and we've got um, I'm in the field now uh, with with lots of lambs running around lovely how many lambs have you got so how big is your flock of sheep and then how many lambs have you got my flock of sheep is not very big. It's about uh, 30. And uh-huh. um, the girls that were born last year, so they're not pregnant this year, but the rest of them are either pregnant or have now had little tiny lambs. Um, uh-huh. So at the moment, we've got eight ewes left to lamb and all the rest have got lambs. Well, how many um, lambs does one sheep have? Um, normally, it can range anything between none, which is always a pain, um, and uh, <coughs> usually they get two, but anywhere between one and two is what average that you're looking for. However, on Sunday afternoon, suitably on Wednesday, uh, we had our first set of triplets. So we've got poor mother right now. Yes, quite. <laughs> um, so a U, a U is not designed to be able to have more than two she's only got two um so they're always having to share the milk but what will happen ultimately is we will have to help her with the milking so we will be bottle feeding 
probably the smallest of that litter but sometimes it's whichever the greediest is so we will be um yeah bottle we've just started bottle feeding the runt of her triplets but we'll probably keep doing that from now until they wean mm. is it intentional so that you said so some ewes are pregnant but though or they were pregnant last year and this year they're not is that intentional to kind of give them a break or is it just no uh, they've all they've all been to the ram um last year before and so on uh and occasionally uh for whatever reason they either miscarry or they abort early or whatever and they Mm. they have um they don't have a um a lamb in them which is a pain because um obviously it means you don't lamb but also it means Mm. that they are eating up the grass um which could otherwise be used to go to the ones who are actually producing lambs so um one option is to scan the flock at a certain point and then anyone that is any sheep that hasn't got a lamb inside at that point can then go and join the rest who are like the teenagers if you like mm. the ones who aren't pregnant this year um but we have got such a small flock that we don't um we don't bother scanning so how long have you been farming then is it like a family business or did you get into it independently what kind of process thought i want to do farming um, well, uh, I I left university with a geography degree and uh-huh. I, um, went on to do a master's in um, rural estate management. So that's sort of looking after large bits of, of land for um, landowners. And I became a chartered surveyor as a result of that. Um, oh, wow. And then, um, so obviously I was working on, on farms and estates for most of most of my early working life but um i ultimately always wanted to do teaching um and so i then moved into teaching and i did one of those um training on the job kind of teaching things whatever it's called it was called gtp back then i can't remember what it's called now Mm. um and so i then became a teacher um but i found that an awful lot of teaching happens inside um and really i (laughs) wanted teaching outside um to combine those two sort of loves i suppose um and at the same time i um uh, met and married in due course my husband who was a farmer uh, is a farmer and he and his family have been farming for about three or three hundred years um, oh wow so um therefore when i when we got married i obviously wanted to be more and more involved in the farm as well as bringing to it the sort of bits that i was interested in so basically the environmental side of things if you think of having a geography degree and um, also the uh, teaching side of things. So um, what we started doing back in about 2009 was to bring schools onto the farm to, to visit and see the farm in action. And we've been doing that ever since. But also what we did was we went and spoke to all of our landlords and our clients who have asked us to do the farming for them and um, tried to really push the environmental measures that we were interested mm-hmm. in um, and so as a result of that we we probably farm about 12 12 or 13 percent of our whole area is is um environmental measures so things like putting in um bumblebee mixes that encourage bumblebees um pollen and nectar mixes which which help all sorts of different pollinators um we set aside large bits of of land um 
for ground nesting birds and other farmland birds, birds that are in decline. Uh, we plant lots of hedges. We look after the woodland for the habitat there. So there's all of these kind of things that we do on top of the sort of day-to-day farming. Is that kind of how you would make so for people that are trying to like thinking maybe I want to go into farming is that how you would kind of make your money by kind of working for other kind of independent people and doing that yourself or is there like how do you run your business um getting into farming is has never been easier than it is now so for oh really yeah for newcomers it's a real drive at the moment because I think the average age of a farmer is going up and up and up. I think at the moment it's something like the average age is 56. And oh, the, wow. the, the farming industry as a whole is really worried about this and has been for some years. So then they're, they're now um, doing massive amounts to pr- promote young farmers and new farmers into the industry. And it's having a huge effect already. There are some great universities um, in this country uh, which, which really help, um, I, in my opinion, hugely. One of them is Harper Adams University, um, and I've heard of that actually. Yeah, they're based in they're based in Shropshire, and they do four year degree courses because they insist on a year in in industry, so in the field. So we often take students um, from there for their years placement, and as a result, the the um, success rate of their degree students is something like ninety eight percent. So ninety eight percent ninety eight percent of them will graduate with a job, which you know it says it all in my opinion. The other one is. Um, Royal Agricultural University, Sirencester, there's Reading as well. They're, they're all doing really good and innovative things with um, with young entrants and new entrants. So that's at the sort of university level or indeed not necessarily degree level, you know, any um, from, from age 16 onwards sort of college, um, all sorts of practical exams that you can take, um, which make you very employable. Um, and I think there's also there's a huge sort of young farmers network as well. There are a number of farm schools. So I think there's about 100 in the country and they have farms on their schools or are very closely linked to farms. And then there's farms like ours. So um, every week I help the local primary school um, with access to our farmland. So, for example, last week, their last day of school, everyone's last day of school, they were down um, in the lambing field having a look at all the lambs. And um, that sort of thing. So there's there is a huge, there are lots of different ways that young students keen on farming can get involved. But really, the best thing to do is to speak to the local farmer or um, someone that you know who is a farmer already and get involved. So, for example, there's a boy in our village um, who's not from a farming background at all. He just absolutely loves all things to do with farming, and he has been. Um, coming out and just watching the tractors learning by sitting up with them asking our employees all this kind of stuff ever since he was about I don't know about six or seven uh, he's now 14 and he is um, he's my assistant shepherd he is going to go off to agricultural college when he's 16 and he's just you know he's he's got the bug and he will go into farming of which I have no doubt I think that it's quite important to actually do what you love in that respect so is would you say that a big drive being a farmer is actually enjoying it not because is do you think do you find it hard to maintain that kind of love for it it's not a job so I've obviously done other mm-hmm. jobs before and you get up and you think right I've got to go and do this 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 and you go off and do it and then you either done it or you put it on your jobs list for tomorrow and then you come home you kind of switch off and you aren't that 
that person so you're not necessarily a teacher anymore because you've come home you're not the person that you were in the school with farming it's not like that you uh, mm. you're just always always a farmer um so you're <clears throat> you know i got up for example this morning at just after five because i needed to check on the triplets i needed to check on a couple of other of the ewes need to see if anyone had lambed overnight and it's not sort of oh i need a poor me i've got to get up at five it's just because i care so much about them and uh mm. this i have to say the um it's the best time of day to be out at the moment because there's no um airplanes in the sky so the the nighttime sky is is unbelievable um the morning seeing the sunrise and hearing the birds singing and the dawn chorus when there's absolutely no one else around is fantastic so um it's a it's a wonderful way of life but i don't really see it as a job oh, that's lovely it's i think and it's also i think i can hear the birds singing as well from where we are i'm sure so that's lovely as well yeah it's an so, um, life. So if you don't like being outside, it's not for you. But there's there's so much to farming. There's so if you like technology, um, there's huge amounts of work being done on precision farming and different techniques within that. If you like um, the conservation side of things, there's a huge amount in that. If you like livestock, you can get involved with animals. If you like growing things, there's all the crops and the different things. There's 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 a job for everybody um, in farming. And you know if you go back a few decades or even a century or something everyone was involved in farming it's a very natural mm. um way of life and uh and i think you know this current coronavirus crisis is showing us just how important food production is yeah mm, i think a lot of people are tr like starting to make or not make grow their own food as well if they can um i know a few people are doing that and it is kind of linked back to that because again we used to be an agricultural society yeah. like, in, in history in times like this where there is panic it is just kind of like um grow your own food make do amend exactly um, right. keep calm carry on um and so it's it i run a um as it, well, it started off as a toddler group it's now sort of under eights group i suppose um and uh, i'm in i'm in encouraging them all to do exactly that and it, you don't have to you can do it from inside even if you have if you live in a flat mm -hmm. or something like that um but if you live outside i mean if you've got a, a outside space you can you can do so much just from growing your own things and there's a huge sense of pride in growing your own whether it's lettuce or some carrots or some potatoes it doesn't matter and then of course you learn a lot more as well by eating it and cooking it and really valuing it so i think okay. that uh, i think it's a it's there's a massive many more <coughs> benefits than just being able to provide your own food there are actually huge benefits in terms of psychological mental health mm. that kind of stuff as well and i think i'm delighted that people are getting back to to seeing that because um it is a very very worthwhile it's also sort of innate part of our nature i think um emma mm. you talked about um growing things at home is there anything that you would recommend to our students who obviously at the moment are at home what would be something easy that they could maybe try and plant at this time of year and see what they could grow there is a huge amount that you can do at this time of year because the soil is just warming up um what i um have recommended to my seedlings farm group um is that everyone seems to have been panic buying loo rolls so get when, when, you, when you finish that keep the cardboard in a bit fill that up with some soil if you have got a garden 
make your own compost um, by just uh, mixing up your your sort of vegetable peelings and that sort of thing, um, turning them every so often. If you have got a bag of compost, fill up your uh, loo roll with with that. If not, if you when you go out for your one time a week uh, a day. Go and find a molehill or something like that and use the soil that the molehill has chucked up. It's really good for compost. Oh, that's a good idea. Fill, fill them up and stick a seed of any sort in. You can you can buy them online. They're all sorts. But at the moment, so at the moment, I am growing lettuces um, and lots of different salads, rocket, that sort of thing. We've got um, carrots that we're going to put in shortly. We've grown potatoes out in the garden. And in our, in our loo roll um, plant pots, uh, we are growing beans, peas, all sorts of different types of beans, all sorts of different types of peas. We're going to grow courgettes shortly. Um, we're growing chili plants. Um, so there's lots and lots of different things. And basically, take your pick. There are some great online seed merchants, which, of course, operate online all through the year. So they're not going to be massively inundated at this, this crisis time. And um, just whatever you like eating, just, just give it a go. It's a packet of seeds, probably a couple of quid if that. And um, and it's worth it for for just for trying it. Yeah, great. Well, so I think that's a really nice kind of way to end this to kind of show that that there are ways of keeping busy and as well um, getting back to those basics. It's not as hard as we think to kind of keep and also it's for morale keeping people like busy as well because we could be inside for a while. We could well be and it'll be, uh, it'll be a lovely thing to do because you'll see it grow and um, as long as you water it and um, that's about it really. You just have to keep it watered and keep keep light on it. You will see huge amounts of um, of growth and and green shoots of recovery you know it's it's going to be a huge a hugely difficult time for this but it couldn't have come at a better time in terms of the growing season mm. well thank you so much for speaking to us today emma it's been a pleasure chatting to you and thank you for giving up your time with this busy time for you that's been a pleasure and i really commend what you're what you're doing i think the podcast is a fantastic idea and i wish more schools did it oh thank you <laughs> Miss Annandale's brainchild. <laughs> uh, so, thank you very much to Emma. We are going to stay safe, stay inside, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.